Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, a roster overview. Who is a free agent this offseason? Who's eligible for an extension? What are Which players are almost for sure going to be on the Timberwolves roster next year? What kind of turnover could we see? A quick overview of the entire offseason. Upcoming next, welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. That's the app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can find all the Lockdown Minnesota podcasts, more great local sports coverage, 24-7 and for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can, of course, also follow the show on Twitter. That's at Lockdown T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, we're going to roll right into some off-season conversation, but just high level at this point. we got plenty of time to dig in on each player. Like I said before, we will do player reviews, a full show for each player that was in the rotation this year, including a contract outlook, likelihood of being traded, kind of essentially hit each of those categories for every player. But today I want to do a quick overview of which players, I think this is a helpful way to kind of reset as we go into the offseason, like who's under contract for next year, who might get an extension, who has a partial guarantee, a non-guarantee, options, restricted free agents, all that stuff. So I'm going to hit the entire roster here and we'll talk a little about each player and kind of put them into these different buckets to give to give you a sense of where we sit today. Um, you know, at the end of April, at the very start of the offseason, of course, the Wolves did all their exit interviews on Thursday. Not a whole lot to come out of that. Of course, Anthony Edwards did not speak to the media. Um, I talked about this on Thursday, but the um, the quote unquote assault charge. I mean, I guess it is it is an assault charge, but in quotations, assault charge uh, that he's getting in Denver. So he did not speak to the media. His agent spoke out on Thursday and said that they're going to vigorously defend the charges. The Timberwolves haven't commented other than saying they're not commenting at this time. Uh, so anyway, he did not talk to the media. Not much else major, but there's a couple players who were mentioned um, by Finch or asked about to Finch, your Rudy, some stuff like that. So we'll talk about a couple of those along the way, but nothing groundbreaking coming out of uh, the, the exit interviews on Thursday. All right, let's start with the players that we know are under contract for next year. And again, I don't I'm not going to get super in the weeds on like, hey, are these guys, you know, who's most likely to get traded? Um that will come more when we talk about each player individually. Like we'll do a whole show on Carlton Towns, we'll do a whole, whole show on Rudy Gobert, um and that will be part of those conversations uh, at that time. So I'll just kind of tangentially mention it today. So the Wolves actually only have 5 players. Well, technically I guess they have 7 players who are under contract guaranteed fully for next year, but two of them are extension eligible for the first time. That's Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels, which is a little bit of a different conversation, but I guess we could start with them. So there are two extension eligible players who have fully guaranteed deals for next year are Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels. They both, um, that that's it in terms of like, it's the end of their rookie contract, which means the following year they would be restricted free agents if they didn't get an extension. Tim Connolly in the exit interview on Thursday to the media said, each of those guys, I'm paraphrasing, but that they'd have really nice offers in their inbox the moment they're able to send them offers. So fully expect Anthony Edwards to get the rookie scale max extension that would kick in 
year after next in 24-25, but he can sign it this summer. Jade McDaniels, it's a little bit more, I'm curious to see where they land on a contract for him. Um, It wouldn't be surprising to see him push the nine-figure mark. Um, A couple notable things here, though. The Wolves, assuming Ant does get a max, they'll be, the I think, the only team to have three max players on their books. And then you factor in Jade McDaniels, and he could potentially get a nine-figure deal as well. That's a ton of cap space tied up into four guys. Now, two of them are extremely young, um, and Anthony Edwards and, and Jade McDaniels, who Edwards will be 22 next season, McDaniels will be 23. So like, there's not a whole lot of risk there in terms of that because they're both positive contributors already at such a young age. Towns is still in the prime of his career, and of course, his extension is just kicking in. So he's got another, like, I think, five years total on the deal. I think the last year is an option. So five years on the deal, including next year. And then um, Rudy Gobert, of course, is much older. He's going to be 31 next season. He's got three years left on his deal. Um, So anyway, Edwards and McDaniels are going to get their extension offers very soon. Um, And that'll probably be the biggest news of the offseason, although expected. Uh, So... That's kind of one category. The next category, there's actually only five guys who have guaranteed deals for next season besides Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, who we already talked about. The two rookies from last year, so Wendell Moore Jr. and Josh Minot. Moore Jr., of course, has that first-round pick uh, rookie-scale deal, so he has the first two years fully guaranteed, and then the next two years are both club options, which the Wolves will have to pick up. I think it's like the October before. Um, So, Guaranteed deal for next year. Josh Minot also received a guaranteed deal, even though he was a second round pick. So he's got 1.7 million guaranteed for next year before some partial guarantees kick in the next two years after that. So his deal is not quite as locked in as Wendell Moore's because Moore was a first round pick. Minot was a second round pick who, of course, doesn't need to get a guaranteed deal at all. But the Wolves did give him a couple seasons guaranteed and locked him in. So those four plus Kyle Anderson would be the other player who's got a full guarantee for next year. He signed two years, 18 million. He's got about 9.2 on the books for next season. So Kyle Anderson is also on the team next season. Of those five, I mean, Rudy Gobert is very unlikely to be traded. Kyle Anderson, I'm sure teams will call. We know they called at the trade deadline. I can't imagine a world in which the Wolves would include him in a trade um, at this point in time. So those guys aren't going anywhere. I really doubt the Wolves would move on for Wendell Moore already. And Josh Minot is a really exciting player who I think, and this is a, a topic for conversation later in the offseason, there's a really good chance he's, he gets rotation minutes pretty early next year. And I'm excited for the possibilities with Josh Minot. We'll talk a lot more about him later. So of those five, I mean, Carlton Towns is really the only one who I think would have a legitimate shot at being traded. And, and then, of course, also retain or, you know, the Wolves would get quite a bit back for him, right? He becomes trade eligible, I think, in July. Um, it's after the draft. I believe it's actually, I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. I believe it's in July when he becomes trade eligible after signing that extension, the uh, the max extension. Um, let's see. Yeah, he, July 7th is when he becomes trade eligible. I don't think the Wolves will trade Carl Towns this offseason, but this is the first offseason in a long time that I've, I've allowed myself to think that this could be a conversation. Like teams probably will call. The Wolves will have to consider it because he's their only tradable asset, not named Anthony Edwards or Jaden McDaniels, that they would actually get something back for. And I said the same thing last offseason related to D'Angelo Russell because nobody else was really movable. You weren't going to move McDaniels. You weren't going to move Edwards. Um, and last offseason, you couldn't trade Towns. So their only real tradable asset, I, I should say, I, I said this late last offseason into um, the trade deadline this year, obviously they traded a bunch of guys for Rudy Gobert, but uh, 
Towns is really the only other guy that teams could call on that the Wolves could get something back for. And I'm I'm very curious about what his trade value would be. I think the way he played at times in the Denver series and like in the Lakers play-in and most of the Lakers play-in and the Thunder play-in, um, I, I mean, those are all pretty good examples of what he can do, of what he can prov- give a team, right? Um, everybody knows what he can do. He's a multi-time all-star, multi-time NBA player, but he missed 52 games this year. And there's also questions about, can he be the alpha? Can he be the one a, can he lead the team to the playoffs himself? Can he be a consistent contributor in big games? There's lots of questions there, right? All that to say, I think towns is, he's certainly tradable and teams will call on him. I think it's still unlikely he's traded this off season, but just know he is trade eligible, not on draft night, but in July. And I also think that might hamper it too. If it was maybe on draft night where he's trade eligible, then we could, I think it becomes more likely he's traded this year, right? Because the wolves don't have picks for however many years. Um, Perhaps then that conversation could be had. I think the most likely scenario is the wolves say, look, we only got to see what 28 games, 29 games with Townsend Gobert together on the floor. Let's run it back. Let's give Finch another, you know, a full off season to figure this out, a full training camp. Remember, uh, they talked about this in the exit interview. Towns did not play in training camp, really, because of the illness. He lost a ton of weight. They barely played together in the preseason. They didn't have practices in training camp. But the fact that Finch was still bringing that up now shows how big of a deal that was to start the season. And then, of course, Towns gets hurt right after Thanksgiving, and and everything gets completely blown up. So I think it's far more likely that we'll say, let's give this a real shot. And if it doesn't work this year, then, I, you know, there's a coaching conversation and there's a Towns conversation. And those are the two easiest moves to make. You After the season, you'd still have Edwards, McDaniels, Gobert all under contract. Gobert is going to be harder to move than Towns. You're going to get more back for Towns. That's when the Towns conversation comes back up is, is 12 months from now. If the Wolves have another first round exit from the playoffs or something like that. Um, so we won't spend a ton of time on potential Towns, towns trades this offseason until we get to like real rumor mill season around July in, in free agency. Um, but I wanted to say that because I think it's important to uh, to say it. All right. Next, I want to get to partial guarantees, non-guarantees, options, restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, everybody else on the roster. We're going to do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Nissan Aria. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. This week's player of the week Nissan's electric player of the week has to be Anthony Edwards. It's got to still be Anthony Edwards. He was fantastic in the playoffs for the Wolves. He was easily their best player. His playoff averages over five games, 31.6 points on 48% shooting, 35% for three. He also averaged 5.2 assists and five rebounds per game, plus two blocks and 1.8 steals per game. He was, again, clearly the Wolves' best player on the floor. You could argue he was the most electric player on the entire floor. Jamal Murray was great. Nikola Jokic had his moments, but Anthony Edwards was the player that People could not keep their eyes off. And as always, he was brilliantly fierce. He was stunningly powerful. And he had, well, the perfect crossover, just like the 2023 Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Today's episode is also brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself could be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I mean, I know I might, I have changed quite a bit in the last year. Who hasn't, right? Everybody 
you look back at a couple years ago, I mean, pre-COVID times, everybody has grown and changed. Um, and therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. Sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do to things until we talk through things. Uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp connects you with that licensed therapist that can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day as we'll be back on Monday. Again, Monday through Friday, pretty much all offseason through free agency, through summer league. Like I know that feels forever away, but we're daily through July. And even then, we're still three days a week beyond that until the start of the season. So uh, you're going to get five shows a week consistently. Uh, any news, anything significant, we're going to cover it. We're also going to do, as I mentioned, all the player reviews, all that good stuff here over the next several weeks. So plenty to come this offseason on Locked On Wolves. All right. Continue down the roster. We've talked about the guaranteed contracts for next year. Cat, Rudy, Anderson, Wendell Moore, Josh Minot, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, both extension eligible. There is one player who has a partial guarantee that's already on the books that becomes fully guaranteed right after the draft, and that is Mike Conley. An interesting contract. He already has $14.3 million guaranteed for next year. The contract becomes fully guaranteed at $24.3 million uh, two days after the NBA draft, so June 24th. Now, at the time of the trade deadline, I was advocating as well as Kyle, for Kyle Lowry as a, as a trade option. Lowry had more guaranteed money for next year and is slightly older, and I think you know, those things were two of the main reasons why, of course, he's also still playing now, right? Um, those are two of the reasons why the Wolves leaned to Mike Conley because little younger familiarity, familiar, familiarity with Rudy Gobert and a slight, you know, the partial guarantee for next year, because if he'd come to Minnesota and flopped and they said, man, he does look long, too, too long in the tooth. Let's let him leave and eat the 14.3. It's pretty unlikely they were going to do that, but at least they had that option. Now, extremely unlikely that they do not give him his 24.3 and say, all right, Conley, you're, you're our starting point guard next year. You're, you're our, you know, our fifth option. You're our, our, uh, you know, fourth star, however you want to frame it. I mean, 36 year old Mike Conley is still a viable NBA player. He was good in Utah the last year and a half. He was an all-star a couple of years ago. Um, and he played frankly closer to that all-star level, um, in a Timberwolves uniform. I mean, like, obviously the, the overall volume of scoring, the scoring output wasn't quite there. Uh, what did he average in a Timberwolves uniform? 14 points per game, five assists, but he shot 42% from three. He played better defense than he did for most of the year in Utah. And I think I think he just simply locked in more in the new uniform and, and with more on the line. Um, and the Wolves kind of, they put a lot on him and asked him to do a lot on the ball. Uh, and he was really good given his age and everything else. So I don't know that there's really any question that he's back next year at that, uh, what is it, 24.3 million. So Conley, again, partial guarantee that becomes fully guaranteed at 24.3, two days after the draft. Non-guaranteed contracts for next year. This is interesting. Um, Torian Prince and Jordan McLaughlin are the two that have full options for next year. So we'll talk first about, well, let's talk first about Jordan McLaughlin. So McLaughlin, 
signed a three-year deal for $6.4 million a couple of years ago. Um, so he's played the first two years. He got $2 million two years ago, which was a complete bargain. This last year, he got $2.16 million. And he was really, really good before the calf injury. Like You could have made a, an argument he was a top-five backup point guard in the league in the first two months of the season. Seriously, like he was that good. And then he came back, re-injured himself, came back again, was really bad for a couple of weeks, had another like week and a half where it felt like he was back and then really struggled the rest of the way. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like three months ago, it would have been like, oh, of course you bring him back at 2.3. Now, I don't know. Um, the Timberwolves have until June 30th to make a decision. So about a week after the Conley decision, again, after the NBA draft to make that decision on his contract. Now, at the same time, I mean, $2.3 million is not very much money for somebody who a year ago or, I don't know, six months ago, we'd be saying, ah, he's one of the best backup point guards of the league. So I think they still bring him back um, because worst case scenario, I think you could flip him somewhere um, for something or, you know, I, worst case, you cut him and you eat the the cap hit like because it's only $2.3 million. I think it's I think it's very likely he's back. And I'd be I'd be surprised if he wasn't on the roster next year, even if they have a contingency plan at backup point guard, which I think they should for 36 year old Mike Conley, who's been injured a fair amount in his career. He's missed quite a few games. Um, so I think it'd be silly to not bring in another point guard. Maybe it's a second round draft pick that you really like. Uh, the Wolves do have, I think, two second round picks this year. Um, so maybe that's the move. I don't know. But he I mean, Conley, like he only played in 67 total games this year. He played in 72 games last year. So I guess he only missed 10. Um you know, the, the COVID shortened year when he was an all-star, he played in 51, which that was only a 72 game season anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, it was, well, he's what, five years removed from the major injury he had with Memphis. So I, I still think you need another point guard in addition to Conley and McLaughlin, but at $2.3 million, I, I know, I know McLaughlin looked really bad at the end of the season, but that is essentially nothing. It's, it's basically a minimum type contract. Um, so I would be a little bit surprised if McLaughlin still wasn't back, but it's at least a conversation now. Whereas three, four months ago, we would have been, we would have been saying, well, of course he's back The two millions of a bargain for Jordan McLaughlin. Now we're at least we're having the conversation because he was, he played that poorly towards the end of the season. All right. Torian Prince is a more interesting conversation. Because I think he's worth what he's getting paid. He he signed a two-year, $14.5 million deal last year, last offseason with the Wolves, which, of course, was an extension after uh, being acquired the, the previous offseason in a trade. So um, this season, Prince was good. He wasn't, he wasn't quite what the Timberwolves needed him to be, and he was dinged up a little bit. He had the illness. He had the personal issues after the All-Star break, and he still shot 38% from three. I thought he took a clear step backwards defensively. Uh, the eye test would tell you that. The advanced metrics would tell you that. Um, and he didn't do what the Wolves needed him to do on the glass. He had a career-worst rebound rate. Again, we'll break this down further here in the coming weeks. But, I mean, for somebody who was asked to play some minute, I, mean, I guess he played a lot more three than four this year. But still, the Wolves rebounding was a huge issue, and Prince was part of that problem. And, yes, he shot 38% for three, but... The consistency wasn't there. It was it was very streaky. He the Wolves couldn't really consistently rely on him. All that to say, I still think seven point four ish, almost seven point five million next year isn't a bad number for him. But could the Wolves do something differently with that cap space? Now his deal becomes fully guaranteed on June twenty eighth, so that's uh, actually in between the Conley and uh, and McLaughlin guarantees. So a little less than a week after the draft. If he was on the books on draft night, I would say. 
you know, hey, um, I mean, I guess they could still trade him. Like, he could be part of a draft night trade, right? That's the type of contract he has where, like, if you really want to pick up a first-round pick, is there another contender that says, actually, Prince fits us really well? You can have this late first-round pick, or you can have this really good second, you know, or, I don't know, you could have a future first, or something like that. I don't think Prince is actually worth a first-round pick, but there's plenty of examples of teams trading first-round picks for rotation players. I mean, like, the obvious Wolves examples were, um, and this was a long time ago, but when the Wolves traded a first for Chase Budinger, Actually, wasn't that crazy. It was a mid-first. Budinger was a legit rotation player. The Wolves needed athleticism, defense, shooting. He provided those things. Uh, before that, the David Kahn draft night when he traded a first for Martel Webster. That was a little more questionable, but at least Martel Webster had a bit of upside. He was a 3 and D type player. You can get a, a mid to late first for a rotation, a solid rotation veteran. So I think there's a shot at doing that. I'm not at all saying, I think the Wolves will get a first for Torian Prince. I'm saying that it, it's on the table that he's traded this offseason, and you never know what somebody might be willing to give up. The Wolves might be able to replace Torian Prince's production with a Josh Minot-type player. Now, I don't think Minot's going to be as good of a shooter consistently at volume as Torian Prince was from day one, which, of course, shooting is, that's another offseason topic. The Wolves need spacing. They need consistent shooting. I don't know that you automatically give those minutes to Minot, but that he's Minot is the type of player with the energy, rebounding capability, and defense that you could plug into the Torian Prince role if you get shooting from other places. So it wouldn't shock me if Prince was gone next season, but if he's back, 7.45 million is not a bad number for Torian Prince. That becomes guaranteed in late June, and he could always be traded after the contract becomes guaranteed. So expect the Wolves to pick up that option, um, or, or expect it, I should say, the correct terminology would be expect the Wolves to allow his contract to become guaranteed at the end of June unless he's traded on draft night. And it's always possible he could be traded after the contract becomes guaranteed. But he'll, he will be on the team. He will be on the roster come July, uh, I think. And then there's always the chance he gets traded after that. So um, Prince is maybe the, the player that I'm, I'm the most like, I'm 50-50 on whether he's on the roster. Like, it's far more likely that, like, Towns is on the roster next year, obviously. I think it's more likely McLaughlin's on the roster because of his number and the Wolves need at that position. Um, and then we'll talk about some other guys here in a minute, RFAs and, and unrestricted free agents. Prince could really go either way uh, because the number's good. He brings the skill set the Wolves need, but he took, a, I thought, a step back this year in his age 29 season. He's going to be third, or excuse me, age 28. He'll be 29 next year. Um, and I think he's got a little bit of trade value. So, I could go either way in Torian Prince. All right, let's close by talking. Um, there's only one player with an option, a true option for next year. We've got restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, and that's how we'll close the show here today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply. All right, let's close today with the last few players on the roster. These are all, well, actually, they're not all end of rotation, guys. We haven't had the Nas Reed conversation. We'll start with... Um, We'll start with the options, which is only Nate Knight. He has a partial guarantee for next season. 
Um, the Timberwolves have a, let's see, he signed a two-year $3.8 million contract. This year was guaranteed, or it actually became guaranteed midseason. Next year's interesting. It's actually a partial guarantee, and then the Wolves have the option to essentially waive him by early January like they did this year before it comes fully guaranteed. So his deal for next year is only guaranteed to 3.8, or excuse me, nope, $380,000. So the Wolves will pick up that option. They will keep Nate Knight for $380,000. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, I actually don't know 100% when they have to make that decision. But assuming they exercise the option, Knight only gets 380000 guaranteed. The contract fully guarantees to almost $2 million, $1.997, on January 10th of next year. So expect Knight to be back. I, I, I thought Nate Knight deserved some chances this year. I thought you know, Luca Garza was good. I thought there were moments where I, you know, I would have had Nate Knight in the game. I like Nate Knight a lot. I think he's a, a fourth big in the NBA, and he deserves to be on a roster somewhere and and play minutes. Um. Anyway, I think he'll be back next year, but he's another interesting case. It's a very small number, but in terms of roster spots, uh, you know, depending, maybe maybe they pick up a big in the second round. I don't know. I but I like Nate Knight. And I think at that D, at that you know price three hundred eighty thousand guaranteed becomes almost two million in January next year. I think he likely is back. I would bring him back. Restricted free agents, Dekeel Alexander-Walker, Luka Garza, and Matt Ryan. Of course, Ryan and Garza run two-way deals. So um, I believe they're both eligible. Garza was, this was his first year on a two-way. I can't recall if Matt Ryan was on a two-way with LA last year or not. Um, I don't believe so. So I believe they'd both be eligible to come back on two ways. Um, I, the Wolves tried out Matt Ryan because they needed some shooting. I'd be surprised if he's back. You can find shooting other places. Garza maybe has a better shot at being back. Maybe it's another two-way if, if somebody else doesn't give him an NBA deal. Um, I'd be surprised if the Wolves brought Garza back on anything besides another two-way. So I don't want to spend too much time on those guys today. The two-way spots are always a big off-season conversation as we get you know later into the summer. Unrestricted free agents, Austin Rivers. Uh, you know, again, be surprised if he's back, but he could be one of those end of the bench signings like he was, I guess, similarly this year. He had a partially guaranteed deal that the Wolves allowed to become guaranteed. You know, all those guys became guaranteed in like January and he was in and out of the rotation, had some injury and illness issues. You know, Austin Rivers is Austin Rivers. I, I don't like he's he's a fine 10th or 11th guy. You don't want to give him rotation minutes at this point in his career. He can play. He's a solid. He's actually probably a better defender than an offensive player at this stage in his career, because he's not a consistent enough three point shooter and doesn't do much else for you offensively. Besides, um, well, he doesn't do much else for you offensively, uh, and I think he's also maybe a little overvalued defensively. So he's fine as your tenth or eleventh guy. I, you know, I just don't know that the Wolves will use their roster spot on Austin Rivers next year. Jalen Noel is an unrestricted free agent. I would be surprised if he was back as well. He really struggled this year. He was under twenty nine percent from three. Um, somebody's going to give him a contract because he has a lot of offensive skill. Um, I was He was my most disappointing player of the season, and we'll talk more about this in his player review. I thought he would get six man of the year votes. I thought he would, which is laughable now, um, but I'm, I'm owning that because he was good enough last season when he was given the opportunity that I thought an expanded role, and still to this day, his numbers on the floor with Carlton Towns are really good. His numbers... Um, like he, that's a good pairing. He, his game is still in my mind, a cross between D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, obviously not as good as either of those players, but the way he plays. So it fit the wolves really well when he was playing well, when he was on and he never really found his footing this year. And the, and the knee issue was, you know, nagged him for the last couple months of the season. So 
I hope the best for Jalen Noel. I really hope he goes somewhere and he finds his shot because he shot the ball so much better in college and only for a stretch in the NBA. Shot the ball well in the G League. It's just like it hasn't been consistent for him at the NBA level. I'd be surprised if Jalen Noel was back. Um, he's only, I mean, what's coming off the books for him? It was like $1.8 million, Unrestricted free agent. I think he probably goes somewhere else. Nas reads another story. He came up in the in the postseason media availability and the exit interviews, if you will. Uh, and Chris Fitch and Tim Connolly both said they'd like to bring him back and that he's a priority. You know, he was seeking around the deadline when teams were calling on him. The rumors were that he wanted $10 million a year in an extension. The Wolves had approached him already with some extension options. The Wolves, it sounds like, were offering $7, 8000000 million. Um, there, and there were various sources reporting these numbers out there. So, you know, I think he's going to get more than $10 million with the way he played post-trade deadline, pre-injury. I don't think the injury hurts him really. I think it would have been great to see what he could do in the playoffs, of course, when the game's a little bit different and the stakes are higher. I, I don't know. I it, This is, and I'll unpack this more another day. Reed is is the most intriguing overall offseason question because he clearly is a rotation big and arguably a starting big in this league. The Wolves have so much of their cap already tied up in center, which is Nas Reed's position, right? I mean, like I know he played the four next to Rudy and, and and his minutes with Towns have always been a little bit, you know, not quite, not great, but Nas and Rudy together worked okay. Nas by himself at center was very good. Um, I still think there's holes in Nas's game that don't align super well with what the Wolves are doing. I'm not saying I don't want them to bring him back. I get nervous if we're talking much more than 10 million a year. Um, and you know, where are the Wolves at in this whole thing? How badly do they want to keep him? What does Nas and his agent, what do they think they can get him on the open market? Is there a team willing to give him 12 million a year or something like that? Maybe. Like, that's very possible. Given how tantalizing his skill set is, I worry about some of the defensive, you know, the uh, the defensive issues we've seen exposed, the consistency on the glass, consistency of his three-point shot. Like, there's, and I'm nitpicking, yes, but that's what you do when you're talking about giving a guy eight, 10, $12 million. So um, we'll, we'll unpack Nas a lot more. I have no idea what's going to happen with Nas Reed. I, at the moment, it feels likely the Wolves are going to make a push to resign him, but he's an unrestricted free agent. Anything could happen. Somebody else is going to come calling and offer him a lot of money, and the Wolves have to be smart given who else is already on their roster and where their cap space is tied up currently. So um, anyway, that's a, we'll have a big conversation about Nas here uh, multiple times this offseason. All right, that's the Wolves roster. Again, only only seven guys on guaranteed deals for next season. Um, you can add Conley in there. That makes it eight. Got a couple free agents um, in, or a few free agents in Noel, Rivers, and Reed. You have non-guaranteed guys in Prince and McLaughlin, and you've got your restricted free agents, your two-way guys. Oh, we didn't really talk about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I kind of glossed over him because of the two-way guys. Um, so I guess real quick on Alexander-Walker, I think it's pretty likely he's back at this point. Um, he's, your, he's a really nice kind of like behind Anton McDaniels, you've still got Alexander Walker who can come in and lock somebody down like a Jamal Murray, like he did for, you know, all of the series, except for game game five. Um, I don't know what that contract looks like, but I think the Wolves will push to resign him. Again, they've only got seven and count Conley, eight guys for sure coming back. I mean, especially if say Prince moves on, like you need depth, right? Alexander Walker, I think you could plug into what was probably going to be Austin Rivers role this year, initially thinking he's like, the, you know, a fringe rotation guy, that's him. I think he's a 12, 14 minute a game guy who can step up and play more if you've got injuries to the guys in front of him. I think it's pretty likely he's back next season. I don't know what that contract looks like, um, but I think that'll be a big topic here as we move forward. All right. 
That's all we got for you today. We'll be back on Monday. We'll start the player review process unless anything else significant comes up over the weekend related to, um, well, I don't know, anything else Wolves related. Um, Off-season contract rumors, Anthony Edwards, who knows? Uh, anything could happen at any point in Timberwolves land. So uh, that'll be the plan starting next week. And of course, we're still daily Monday through Friday. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. On both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.